Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children over the age of 21, welcome to the Hop Nation USA podcast. We are here for beer and also for episode 7. So thanks for tuning in, and let's go ahead and get started. I'm your host, Sam. With me, as always, are my two cohorts. We have to my right, Steve. Hey, buddy. What's going on? Not too much. Just hanging out, ready to review some beer. Alrighty, sounds good. And across from me, as always, is Adam. What's up? So, I, this isn't a question for you, Sam, but this is a question for you, Steve. Mm-hmm. You ever notice that whatever Sam says and always is with me is Adam and Steve? Right. Do you ever feel like Garth Algar whenever that ha- happens? No. I do. Okay. I do. <laughs> I, I feel that I need to have the, the flannel shirt and the big plastic glasses, and I need to get behind a giant drum kit. Oh, okay. Well, I consider myself a natural Wayne Campbell, and Steve's got his Tia Leone hair uh, going today. Shut Wasn't up, she man. in that movie? She was. She was a Dreamweaver, too. Uh, what? No, you idiots. It's Tia Carrera. <laughs> ah, Tia Carrera. The Tia Carrera hair. Okay. Well, whatever. She was... Well, whatever. She was still a baby in Majora. <laughs> Tia Leone's a blonde-haired white woman. Tia Carrera was not. Oh, that's right. Madam Secretary, right? Uh, no, I just remember from Jurassic Park 3. Fair enough. Well, it's Hop Nation, Hop Nation, Hop Nation. Excellent party time, right guys? Party on. (laughs) Party time, party on. Alright, anyhow, today is Good Friday. That brings about Easter weekend for us. So, alas, it is going to be the last weekend of fish fries for us. And a lot of churches (laughs) don't even do fish fries on on Good Friday, so you're going to really that, have to seek one out. That doesn't sound like a very good Friday to me. Mm. I know, but alas, it is a good Friday, and this is a good day to be listening to the Hop Nation podcast, because we thought today we are going to base our theme around the Easter weekend, and we are going with Hoppy Easter. So, Hoppy Easter, everyone. Now, what this... Get it? <laughs> Hops, beer, Adam... Hops, a lot of hops. And this, this is going to tie in so well <laughs> to the beers we're going to be drinking on the show today because, as you may have already guessed, we're going to be drinking IPAs and hoppy beers. So it's very exciting. Adam is just glowing right now. He's so excited. These beers are stupid. <laughs> but before we get into reviewing any of those beers, we want to actually read a review uh, that someone less left us on iTunes. So we want to read that for you and kind of acknowledge them and then say, Thank you for the nice review. So, Steve, why don't you go ahead and read that for us? Uh, yes. Uh, we got a five-star review from EJ, and his review says, No more Icy Light for me. Makes me want to try all these, all the beers. The different beer preferences of the host creates a colorful and thorough review of the beers. Yeah, thanks, thanks EJ. Yeah, thank <laughs> you, EJ. Thanks, Appreciate EJ. the feedback on that. All right, so without further ado, let's get into a beer that EJ is probably going to really enjoy, or at least want to try. So it's going to be our first hoppy Easter beer of the day. So this is one that I at least hope to see in my Easter basket come Sunday morning. So, Steve, why don't you tell us what it is? Well, really, have you had it before? Uh, no. Oh, well, then but that's why I hope it's in my Easter basket, because <laughs> I want to try it. I'm kind of taking the cart before the horse there, aren't you? Yeah, really. Well, that's you don't that, know. That's you don't know. It could be bad, but we'll see. We'll yeah. see. Okay. Anyway, I appreciate the optimism. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's good optimism. Anyway, uh, what we're drinking first is the 360 India Pale Ale by Sly Fox. And it's a uh, 6% alcohol with uh, 70 IBUs, so getting a little up there in the hop scale. 
little bitterness for you. I'm noticing this is coming in a in a can. Yes. That's well, all I have to say about that. Okay. Well, actually, I was going to get to that. Oh. Uh, on the back of the can, it lets you know that you're getting a fusion of Bravo, Cascade, Centennial, and Lemon Drop hops. Lemon Drop hops. Wow, that's quite the hop mixture. Yes. I don't believe I've ever heard of a Lemon Drop hop. I don't know if I have either, but. Sounds good. It might have been in that Lemon Drop Sun. It's exactly what we, I was uh, thinking, too. That we tried uh, on last week's show. Yeah. So we're going to get a wide open flavor and aroma sing out in this dry hopped IPA creatively packaged in the innovative 360 can. So, so the 360 is tied to the can as yeah. well as yeah, the, the, the name whole of the top beer. is going to Exactly. Pop well, yeah, this is a. Isn't that how the original can tops were? Right. Yeah, this is uh, the, this the is old school. Top of the can. Yeah, is, like your old Iron City used right. to have that. And it's coming off like almost like a can of tuna fish would. Yeah. Yeah. Like your great what? uncle Mick would drink it like that. Well, hopefully it doesn't taste like tuna fish. That would suck. Well, that would be terrible. Hopefully I can pour this without making a damn mess. Now, does anybody know where the Sly Fox Brewery is out of? I'm not too familiar with that. I know work. they're a Pennsylvania brewery. I believe they are from the eastern part of the state, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think you're right about that, Adam. They're more eastern. Southeastern in Phoenixville. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Or Pottstown. They're in Pottstown, PA. Hmm. I just look, had to look that up. Pottstown. I'm not sure where Pottstown is, but I guess it's somewhere in the south. near Phoenixville. Near Phoenixville? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> Probably out by so- Philly somewhere. Southeastern part of the yeah, state. Yeah, I believe Pottstown's out by Philly. Something like that. Maybe Westchester, I think. Well, let's might be wrong. Let's uh, let's worry about, about the that. task at hand here. Yes, we have very exciting beers here to drink. They're all super hoppy, and this is the first one, which I am very I excited know. to try. I don't know if it's seventy IBUs. It's super hoppy. I can smell it though. Yeah, it's a really good looking beer. It is. That is very picturesque. Yeah. Especially the one that you poured for me, Steve. It's got a, a good uh, good layer of head on it. It's got a nice amber color to it. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, sticking my schnoz down in this beer, I can certainly smell. The, the lemon from those lemon drop hops. I don't know if I would have been able to pick that out myself, but I tell you what, now that you mention that is what is used in this beer, I'm, I'm definitely smelling a hint of lemon on, on the nose of this beer. It smells great. So where I'm, I'm curious as to where that came from, this lemon hop drop, or lemon drop hop, whatever the hell it is. Where did it, you know, how did it get developed here? What's, how long has this been out on the market? Why is this the first time I've, I've heard of this? I don't know. <laughs> well, more than likely, it's some sort of amalgamation. That's a 50 cent word. You know, specially genetically modified hop. So this is a mutant a special, hop. A special crop that somebody grew. Right next to the tobacco fields. Let's, t- let's start drinking this I'm beer. A, I'm going to get this over. Let's see what this sly fox is all about. See if he's as sly as he says he is. Not terribly hoppy. No. Not hoppy at all. Not hoppy enough for me, I tell you, after first sip. It's not bad, but... That's not what I was expecting. It lingers a bit. It does have a bit of a malt side to it as well. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I find endearing. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it's a little more balanced, almost like an ESB. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd go into that arena. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, when I think of, you know, an IPA and the ones at least that I that I like to drink, I want I kind of want to get hit with the hot flavor up front. That's why I drink the beers, you know? which where I'm not getting that from, from this one. If, if you said that this came from Heavy Seas, I completely believe you. This this really tastes like, I believe it was the... Uh, the Winter Storm. The Winter, winter Storm, storm that we had a couple of, yeah. episodes back. I, I'm kind of feeling that vibe on this. Yeah, it's similar, but... Well, hold on. Okay. 
I mean, I think we can agree it doesn't taste like tuna fish, correct? It does not taste <laughs> yeah, like tuna okay. fish. We can definitely <laughs> this is a confer- nice, can confirm. <laughs> this is a liquefied version of Starkist. Yeah, can In confirm. Oil. Does taste like beer, does not taste like tuna fish. Charlie, All right. Charlie tuna is safe. Yeah, I tell you, I'm also, after a couple more sips, I'm getting some more of the hot flavors. I smelled the lemon drop. I'm not really tasting any lemon in no. this one. Um, tasting a little bit of kind of like a piney type flavor. I think that might be like the Cascade hops that you mentioned are in there. Was, right. I don't know. Overall, not too bad after a couple sips, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty good drinking beer. Um, well, you remember like we were talking about the lemon drop sun from Southern Tier. Yeah. That didn't really taste like lemons either, though. It did not. So maybe it's just that this hop... Uh, specifically has that aroma to it. And Possibly. It doesn't, it doesn't actually impart any citrus flavor. Well, then what the hell's the point of it? I don't know. To, have to give it's it a nice things, smell, I make guess. Make things smell like lemon. I, I guess. Why wouldn't you just use a lemon zest? Well, I guess you have to do that yourself. You'd have to put the zest on yourself, right? You're already adding hops. With, no, no, no. You can add... add you can you zest know, into yeah, it. Yeah. Zest in or a lemon peel. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're trying to get going... rid of the, the acidity from the, the lemon itself. Maybe exactly. they're trying to get rid of that. Yeah. And maybe they're trying to, to give some sort of lemon feel without getting into the shandy territory. Right. It also keeps your uh, recipe more, more pure, too. All right. So we're going to keep drinking this beer here, and we're going to determine if this is something that we want to see again in our Easter baskets on Sunday. I'm still more curious on this can. Why did they go with the 360 <laughs> opening here? What's, what's the thought process here? It's a gimmick. Is it worth it though? No. I mean, did you did did you buy this beer because of the can? Yeah. <laughs> did bought, you though? Yeah, I bought the beer because it was interesting. I had never had it before. The beer or the, the beer can? Or the itself? can. Like if it had just the normal wide mouth opening to it, would you have still bought this beer? Yeah, probably. Well then, what if the it hell was, was the point of it? If it was called 360, because I'd want to know what that meant. You could still call it 360. Yeah. Now I will say, I just took a sip straight from the can. And it is not easy to drink out of a can like that. Your nose is bumping up against the other side. It doesn't feel right on your yeah. lips. It's not easy to sip out of that can. Yeah, it just doesn't. It doesn't seem like that's the way to do it, especially with the beveled top. You know, usually with a a glass, it has a nice. I mean, I guess it can allow more oxygen to get into the beer faster. But at the same time, why wouldn't you just pour it into a pilsner? Yeah, yeah. What's that you? Well, that's the thing. You want oxygen to get into it faster. Well, you can just pour it into a pilsner. Right. But if you make the can so that you can't drink out of it, you still got to pour it we into a pilsner. Gotta, yeah, so <laughs> unless that's what they're trying to do is force you to put it into a pilsner glass, but why wouldn't you just do like you would with other beers and just put the instructions on it? Hey, put this in a pilsner glass. I think it's just a gimmick to have the name and bring back an old style of can. I, I guess, but I don't see I don't see the advantage. Well, here's what I'm going to do after this after this show. I am going to tweet out to Sly Fox, and I'm going to get some answers. I'm posting a picture of that can, and I'm going to tag them in the post and ask them what the heck this can is for. What is the purpose behind it? Because I would now like to know now that we're having this discussion. It's very yeah. strange. Mm-hmm. I think, and i got to wonder, because we're drinking the 360 IPA. Do they have a 360 lager? Do they have a 360 ah. stout? Do they have, like, is this a line? Is this a one-off? Or is it, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't generally drink Sly Fox beer, so I have no idea. All right. Well, we'll look for answers, I guess. So, this week, I started watching Luke Cage. Okay. And finally. <laughs> yeah, finally. I think I'm probably about six months too late on that, but I guess it's not really too late. No, nah, it's I never th- too late to start. You're still ahead of me, so don't worry. Yeah, that's the truth. So, yeah, I started watching that show, and it's, it's pretty good. Um, I would say so far of the ones that I've seen, which are just the first two seasons of Daredevil and the first season of Jessica Jones, it's definitely the least interesting of all of those. Really? Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I mean, I think Luke Cage is an interesting character, but it's just too much of an urban drama for me. I'm not... I'm not really into that style of show, so well, I really like Marvel superheroes. Yeah, so. I was going to say, you weren't really into The Wire either, so... Wait, you didn't like The Wire? I never really saw The Wire. I tried to watch a couple episodes and just oh, didn't get into it. You need to go back and try it again. Yeah, see? The Wire I've is tried fantastic. It t- I've tried it twice. Third time's a charm, man. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's... Oof. That's good eating. Yeah, because, I mean, even down to um, the showrunner of Luke Cage, he said he like The Wire was a big influence on him. I guess I'm the only one who's going to get this because you haven't seen The Wire and you haven't seen Luke Cage. (laughs) So you're talking to nobody. Yeah, I'm talking to the audience at this point. (laughs) But even down to the ending of that season, you can tell, oh, shit, this this is exactly like The Wire. Mm. And I, I, like, because the ending was so much like The Wire, I went and started looking. I was like, is this, what was this about? And that's when I read. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. It It confirmed my suspicions. I'm five episodes in. I can't so, believe you've never seen The Wire. Well, I look. There's a lot of shows out there I haven't seen. There's there's just so many shows. It's hard to like pick and choose which yeah, you want to watch. That was a tour de force back in the day. I know, but I never had HBO back in the day, so it's kind of hard to watch. Well, neither did I. But I found ways. Yeah, it's all it's all on Amazon Prime right now. You're a millennial. I mean, you I can get it right now. News? We have HBO now. Yeah, you have HBO so now, and it. you have Amazon. So yeah, zero and, excuse. I don't know if it's on Netflix. Speaking be. of Amazon, have you ever seen The Man in the High Castle? Yeah. That no. is a good show. I got tired of that show. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed it. I mm, I liked parts of it. I like the ideas. To me, it is a it. very good premise. It is a very original premise in my mind. Yeah. That's based off of... Is that based off of Stephen King or... Mm. No, uh, Philip K. Dick. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's a, it's based off Philip, uh, Philip K. Dick writing. Okay. But, uh, who in the hell is Philip K. Dick? Who is Philip K. Dick? He's the guy that wrote Man in the High Castle. Apparently. He wrote Blade Runner? Well, he didn't write Blade Runner. He he wrote uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Mm. Okay. <laughs> Which one? Oh, yes. Now I know exactly well, who that's he is. the basis that's... of Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. That's actually pretty much... Uh, Total Recall? Okay. Um, fuck else. Uh, a Scanner Darkly? These are all movies. I saw Total Recall. I haven't seen any of that other stuff. Oh You've never God. seen a, a Scanner Darkly with... That was Robert Downey Jr. Oh, and Keanu it? Reeves. Yeah. Dude, that, that movie's that. amazing. No. Yeah. I'm not mm, watching that. You Why should. not? I don't have any interest in that stuff. You don't even know what it is. I don't care. <laughs> I got other stuff on the docket. I got to finish, finish Luke Cage, Iron Fist. I got... Janie and I just restarted watching Entourage, which is one of my all-time favorite shows. <sighs> Love Entourage. It's one of the best shows ever made. Oh my god! You, you guys have probably never seen it. I I have. Oh, I it's have. so funny. I'm you know, another interesting thing I did this week that you guys might find a little bit amusing is that I quit Untapped. So I'm a quitter. I've I fi- do that? I finally relieved myself of that burden that burden? was was that app that was now really why, just weighing why, on me. Now why do you that consider I hated? That a, why do you why? consider a burden? We just talked about it last week, and you couldn't stop gushing about how good the location functionality was on it. Why are we now into this where it's a burden? Well, I had, I had quit before we recorded the show last week. I just since we were doing that segment, I just didn't want to tell anybody yet. But now, <laughs> why not? Well, now I can tell people that. Well, no, that would have been a perfect time to Ar- come out. Arambe has drank his last beer. That would have been. Or actually, I should say, not drank his last beer. I'm not giving up beer, but he's checked in his last See, beer. See that? I, I well, okay. What's your reasoning? We'll, we'll get back. to It was just too the, much of a burden. It was ruining craft beer. How how was it a how? burden though? Because it's just such a pain in the ass. Every time you go to the bar, really, you just want to sit there with your friends and have a nice conversation, and it's just you can do that. You can. But do you're that. always on your phone. You're checking beers. You're See, checking that's beers not the in. app's fault. 
Yeah, that's not that. That is absolutely this is the app's more fault. this is more end user. The the app never interrupts and says, "Hey, you need to check in that beer." Yeah. Hey, you need to check in that beer. Hey, you need to go to the next bar over so you can get to another another bad. See, that's actually not entirely true because you can set the app up to give you notifications about certain things and where you can also set are. it up to not give you notifications. Right. I've never gotten an untapped notification. Yeah, so that's all oh, you. Fine. Oh, it's not on me, but I mean that was a burden for me. So everybody's entitled to you know their choice to use or not use that app. I'm sure most people don't. See, it kind of sounds like drugs, and like he couldn't handle his drugs. Yeah. Like, well, oh, I, I just could... I'm I'm trying not to be glued to technology these days. So that was just a burden on me. It was something that was a pain in the ass, and it was ruining drinking for me. So I stopped. You don't have to agree with it, and I'm not asking you to <laughs> stop got, using the app. I'm just saying I'm, that I'm, is also one of the fun things that I do. I guess I'm week. just kind of confused as to why why you felt it was the app's fault. I know that the, the app is fine. Function the functionality of the app is fine. Yeah. It was just so much that I got to the point where here I'm passing up beers that I want to drink in a bar to also go for something more unique and something that I haven't checked in yet, which to me is not what I want to be doing. Then don't. Then don't. Why did you? Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, if I'm not going to try all these unique <laughs> beers and rate them, then what's the point of having the app? I'm not going to just check in the same beer all the time. But if it's a... Plenty of people do that, though. Yeah. Well, I don't want to. That doesn't even make any sense. Why would you use the app to check in the same beer all the time? That kind you of know defeats how many the purpose times of the app. I've, I've got... Honestly, I, honestly, like a Yangling or a Miller Lite, but I've got those checked in multiple, multiple times. And I don't check in beers that I've already drank. There's that as well. I just stay off my phone like you're talking about. Yeah. Well, so the problem is all that's fine. The problem again goes back to the end user, which is yeah. you. Well, I mean that's fine, but I'm I'm thrilled that I quit. I haven't used it for like two weeks. Okay, it's been well, great. You're, right. you're allowed to. I'm not. You know, oh, I know I'm allowed to. I'm not gonna be upset with you. I enjoy. I just, it. I just find it find it odd your your thought process on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's just it's one of those things. It feels like, oh, I can't just go to a bar and enjoy a beer. No, I have to check it in. You gotta check it in with a picture. You gotta rate it. It just takes so long. But you put all that stuff on yourself. Right, exactly. But, I mean, that's the point of the app. If you're not going to do that, then why are you even doing it? So did you completely take it off of your phone? Yeah, it's off my phone, off my computer. I didn't technically close my account, but... Mm, right. I mean, I'm not, it's not on my phone anymore. Hmm. I just deleted it. It's an interesting take. To boil this down, you're saying you can't handle it in your life. Wow. But if there's some, but if people are out there that can handle it, they should absolutely. I mean, be if doing people want to use the app, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying anything against the app. I just okay. feel like it feels like a chore now that I can't just go out or have a beer at my house without having to go through the process of checking okay. in, it, it, and putting pictures it, on, and just right. you know okay. fully utilizing the functionality of the app. That's not just not something I want to do anymore. Okay. Okay. It's kind of the same reason I don't post on Facebook. It's stupid. I don't want to well, do it. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't really <laughs> post on Facebook either. I hate it. I don't know. That's what's new with me. I watched Luke Cage and I quit on tap. So, anything new with you guys? Uh, let's see. I picked up a new um, writing contract. Good yeah. for you. So, I'm writing a short film at the moment. And because I'm writing, that means I'm also putting a lot of music on. Because I can't really watch TV. I can't focus and watch TV and I can't listen to other podcasts or anything while I'm writing. You gotta concentrate. Yeah, I gotta yeah. concentrate. But I can totally write with music on. Need that background noise. Because yeah. I understand, because I know for me, when I work, I like to have music on. And I'm not necessarily listening to it directly, but I gotta have that noise. I gotta have that blockade. Right. Because I'm up to that and I'm writing again, I have uh, stumbled across a new, not necessarily a new YouTube channel, but new to me. Okay. It's called The Stoned Meadow of Doom. The heck is that? Yeah, I've never heard of that. Somebody has decided to aggregate all kinds of stoner metal into oh. one YouTube channel. Oh, so you can just. Let it go. Exactly. I can just play, press play and it just plays, just goes. Very nice. 
And it's pretty great. Like, I'm not usually a big fan of, like, internet aggregators. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of time they just pull other people's stuff. Right. And, like, don't give credit. But the guy running this channel is pretty decent. Like, he's putting up links to the Bandcamp pages and, you know, where you can buy the CDs for these bands and stuff. What is Bandcamp? Bandcamp is, like... It's that American Pie movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I everything. Yeah, exactly. They made one called Bandcamp. Yeah, they did. <laughs> did they really? Yeah, yeah, no, they did. Yeah, that's why I said that. All right, so you won't watch A Scanner Darkly, but you'll watch... Oh, no, it. I won't watch Bandcamp either. I just know that. <laughs> it didn't even <laughs> have the original cast in it. It had Eugene yeah. Levy. Yeah. They, he was in all of them. <laughs> that man is an American treasure. Yeah, but uh, Bandcamp, the site, <laughs> <laughs> is basically just like SoundCloud or anything, but it's specifically for music. Okay. Like, people can sell their tracks and stuff off that. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Yeah. So, the, he puts, the guy running this channel puts up the band camps and any kind of tour date pages and so stuff is it, like that. So, is it free access on the band camp, or do you have to, like, pay for the tracks? Like, an depends. iTunes account? Or? It depends. Oh, all right. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't have much much to report. I had uh, a pretty standard week, and I'm all right with that. Hey, nothing I, wrong with that. I was able to bust the grill out for the first time earlier this week. Had a very nice thick steak out on the grill. Mm-hmm. On our first sunny day this week. So that was that was real nice to be able to get that going again. Springtime is here. That means it's time to drink beer. Speaking of. Speaking you, of beer. What do you guys think of this uh, Sly Fox 360? I think it's a beer. You're uh, you're in the right place for that. I, I don't really like it that much. Being an IPA fan and knowing that that is my favorite style of beer, this really doesn't measure up to some of the best ones that I've had. So I'm going to retract my previous statement about wanting to find this in my Easter basket. I don't want to see this in my Easter basket because, I don't know, I think I would be a little disappointed. Not that I wouldn't drink it, but, I mean, to me, I, I really want to taste those hops. I want that nice hop flavor. This one just, I don't know, it just didn't have a good hop blend for me. It wasn't... It wasn't IPA enough. It was just, it too? It, was it too malty for you? No. Nah, in, in terms of an IPA, nah, it wasn't too. It wasn't necessarily too malty. I mean, it just. I don't know. I mean, I feel like with hops, you can mix them together and make such an interesting combination of flavors that some work and some don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was decently bitter, so it. It's not that it didn't have hop flavor, but I don't know. Overall, I just didn't didn't really care for it. It wasn't what I was looking for. Hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, not that I don't like it. It's just I agree that the hot flavor doesn't really come through that much. It's really balanced, like, like we said earlier. It is. You it know? is. It, like you said, uh, almost like an ESB. Yeah, it's really balanced. There, There's that kind of big multi flavor into it. Mm-hmm. It's not overpowering or anything. And it doesn't overpower the hops that are in there. It's just I don't think the hops that are in there... They don't shine in any way. Right. And to me, to me, that's an asset to this beer. Yeah, you but, like it. <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, Sam and I have different opinions on that matter. Uh, but I, I'm kind of glad that it has a lower hop, fro- hop profile. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find that to be a bit more enjoyable. Yes, it is malty. Um, almost, almost bready? Yeah, almost, almost. It's getting, it's getting in the bread arena, if that's yeah. a thing. If it isn't, it is now. So it's a little bready up front, and then it has like a bitter hop aftertaste, it, it, and that yeah, lingers. And but that's, and that's good, but but it doesn't have that dirt nasty chewing on a hot pellet aftertaste that other IPAs no, have. No, 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 no. So you can tell that it's got a, a hoppy side to it, but it is not hoppy. Mm-hmm. So do you like it? Do you enjoy this beer? Or you? Eh, that's all right. <laughs> Sounds like we have a couple ass going around. Yeah. But yeah. Hey, that's why we try them to that's see if we like them. It's not a bad beer. It's just no. It's not a bad beer at all. I don't think it's something I'm running out to find. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. Uh, 
It is not the tall blade of grass, I'll, I'll tell you that much. It blends in with everything That's else. a good point, yeah. That's a good point to put it. It's not the tall blade of grass. <laughs> All right, so when we come back, we will see how the Sly Fox 360 compares to some of the other IPAs that we will dr be drinking on this very special Hoppy Easter episode. So stay tuned, everybody. we got more Hoppy fun coming up for you here in just a few minutes. back hop lovers and once again hoppy easter we are on to beer number two and we are excited for some more ipa fun adam why don't you tell us what we're going to be drinking next well we is is a general term here because generally i'm not a big ipa guy uh but fortunately this is a nice local beer for us this is comes from full pint uh, brewing company out of the uh, the fine city of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. This is their Gus IPA. Clocks in at 8% alcohol. It is over 100 IBU, so Sam, you should be excited for this. Yay! Yay. There was much rejoicing. <laughs> the, the hops that are used in this, at least the ones that they're willing to tell us, uh, are the Simcoe, the Warrior, the Columbus, and some Cascade. So they've got some heavy hitters. Yeah, in those them. are all big alpha. Yeah, yeah these are, these, this is an alpha beer. I am going to crack this thing open, and we'll try it out. Do you happen to know who Gus is in reference to? I do not. I did a little bit of research. Couldn't find anything out. Okay. I wish I could. So, actually, if anybody out there does know who Gus is or what Gus is supposed to represent, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. It's a I really <laughs> we, want to We know. could tweet full point. They would probably know. They probably would know. Yeah. That is correct. But then we sound stupid, so well, you tell us, and then we'll be... Acting then, like we knew. It's a guy with a guitar, though. So maybe he's famous. Yeah, but what famous Gus do you know that plays guitar? None. The only the only Gus that I know is the second most famous groundhog in Pennsylvania. But there's a, yeah. good, there's a good chance, like, he could be famous in that he plays for the Steve Miller Band, which I do not care for, so... You don't like the Steve Miller Band? No. You don't like Jenner? I swear to God, if I hear Joker on the radio, I All right, well, that's... Off. Yeah, that's DV useful. Thanks. Yeah. Now, do you like the Pennsylvania Lottery? It does benefit no. older Pennsylvanians. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I don't like that either. And I don't like older Pennsylvanians. <laughs> oh. Regardless, this is probably going to be, you know, the second most famous Gus in Pennsylvania. <laughs> so there you go. Because it all gonna... just keeps cascading down. Yeah. That's why they use the Cascade Hops. Ah, that's not All like... <laughs> makes sense now. So let's talk about this beer in and yeah. of itself. Hazy uh, as hell. It is hazy. Uh, it is definitely a lighter color than what we had earlier with the Sly Fox. The head retention isn't quite as good as what it was. It still has some head retention. It's not as thick as the Sly Fox was. It is Sly not as Fox thick. It's still got a, a decent lace to it on the side of the glass if you swirl it around a little bit. Yeah, not as carbonated as the uh, Sly Fox. Look at this. We look like a bunch of small yays here. <laughs> we gotta get a big nose full, but I'm not spitting it out. I'm not gonna be one of those people. Well, don't. Yeah, That's I a waste really, of beer. I really, I really like the hop smell in this beer here. It's... It's coming. It's coming through pretty good for me. And would you say pungent? I would say it's definitely a little pungent. Definitely no lemon drop hops in this one. There is. Going. Well, at least that they're telling us. What type of hops did you say was in here? I believe there was some Simcoe. There was some Cascade. Some Warrior. Some I heard. Warrior. I believe there. Yeah. Or some Columbia. Am I incorrect in that? I'm sorry, Columbus. I'm an idiot. Yeah. 
Uh, on the malt side, uh, I'm, I'm just reading this straight from the bottle. They got a bunch of beer nerd stats on here, so seeing as we are a bunch of beer nerds, uh, I'm just going to completely rip them off. The malt that they use is also uh, the the, uh, the Pilsner malt, a, a Carapils, and some Amber malt. I assume there's some uh, Pale Turo in there as well, because that's what everybody uses. Perfect. Well, I'm jumping in. Do it. The smell has intrigued me enough that i I got to take a sip. It's luring me into the beer. Adam has his IPA face on. So it, it's it is definitely much, an IPA. This is much more of an IPA than the Sly Fox was. Absolutely, and to me, this is a clean IPA. I I took two sips so far, and, and the flavor is very balanced in my mouth. I can taste the hops after the first sip, and, you know, it's kind of lingering. I like the aftertaste that it's leaving in my mouth. I, I After a couple sips, I like this. Definitely uh, definitely better than the Sly Fox for me. Um, It definitely fits the profile of an IPA. No doubt about that. I don't know. I still got to drink a little bit more about to see how much I like it. It's very clean, though. It is Sam, clean. Yeah, Sam's right about that. It's yeah. So hopefully, uh, Sam is also right about our next topic. Uh, as I understand it, Sam has some information for us uh, when it comes to uh, those evil little nuggets, hops, that uh, Sam loves oh so very much. So hateful. That, that's right. So we couldn't possibly have a hoppy Easter episode and not talk about hops. And to me, the hop is the best ingredient that goes into a beer because you can enter it at different stages of the brewing process, and depending on the combination of hops that you use, you can totally change the flavor of the beer. The hop in itself, the hop is a cone-shaped flower, and what hops do is they generally grow on vines, and it serves as kind of like, you know, that's a spicy flavor uh, that's used for brewing the beer. As, as you heard us mention, there are dozens or so varieties of hops, and each one can change the flavor, can change the character of the beer, um, and you can go from anywhere from a stronger citrus flavor to, you know, those piney flavors that, that you might get, just depending on the type of hops that you use. You know, American hops, they tend to lean more toward the citrusy or piney flavor, whereas European hops might kind of have that softer, earthier, floral type flavor to it. So hops are a very interesting ingredient in beer. Let me ask you guys a question. Fire. Have either of you guys ever eaten a hop before? Yes. You have? I've had both just pure, like, flower petal, like the bud, yeah. I guess you'd call it, and I've had pellets before. Have you, Adam? I've only had the pellets. I've never eaten the uh, the cone itself. Uh, that was morbid curiosity, uh, similar to whenever you uh, you give your dog dog food and there's a little bit left on your finger and you gotta taste it. Uh, I did the same thing with the hot pellet, and I learned my lesson that day. Uh, don't do that, cause. Woo! Now, yeah. does that or does that not taste like absolute shit? That's terrible. <laughs> it does. No, it's terrible. It, it, tastes, it is awful. I mean, it tastes like eating dirt and flowers. You know, like. <laughs> it's crazy. But what's interesting about that is you eat a hop by itself and it's absolutely terrible. But, you know, hops in, hops in themselves are really key ingredients in brewing beer. And I always, you know, get a little discouraged when people tell me, oh, I don't like beer or I don't like hoppy beer. Well, what's interesting is hops are, are in every type of American beer that you're going to be drinking. There's only very few beers that I've seen out there that are not brewed with hops. Well, hops is, is one of the four key ingredients going back uh, the German purity laws. Because mm -hmm. yeah. they had the four main ingredients you could have. 
I think in America, I think it is required to call something a beer. You have to have hops mm-hmm. in the brew in, at some point. I think otherwise it's considered like a malt beverage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. So, and, and that's one of the key things about hops is that if you didn't have hops, your beer would come out very sugary, very sweet, and it just wouldn't taste very good. Hops are re- what really balances it out by adding in that bitterness to the beer. Yeah, all of those, like, not your father's root beer and crap like that, even though that's listed on Untapped, they're not beers. No, they're not. Because there's no hops in them. Right. And it's all just sugar, you know, all sugar fermentation. It is a malt beverage. Right. Yeah, so if you if you go out and you say, hey, I don't like hoppy beer, that doesn't necessarily mean you don't enjoy hops. You know, those it's rather just those certain levels of bitterness or, you know, certain variety of hops that you may not enjoy in, in certain styles of beer. Let's talk about how hops are used in the brewing process. So we talked about home brewing a couple episodes ago, and we're not going to get too deep into that again, but I want to talk about introducing hops into a beer. And there's really three different stages where you would introduce Mm -hmm. hops into a beer. And they could be the exact same hop, or you can use a variety of hops when you do this, and that's what can change the flavor a little bit. Yeah, I mean, so far, all the beers we've had tonight have all had different hop profiles with obviously different additions. We don't know what they are, but... Yeah, absolutely. Now, hops are introduced at three different times throughout the brewing process. You have your bittering hops, you have your flavoring hops, and you have your aroma hops. So first, you're going to introduce your bittering hops. And this essentially allows you to put the hops in the beer at a point where if you leave them in there longer, um, you're going to get a more bitter beer. So this is where you're actually kind of creating your IBUs, if you will. So you've heard us mention IBUs a lot. If you don't recall, IBU stands for International Bittering Units. And, you know, this is what is on every beer profile is there's always the IBUs and that lets you know how bitter the beer is going to taste. So an IPA will be much more bitter than a stout would. Yeah. Usually that's the second most important number that people look at when they look at the beer numbers right behind the ABV. But if they know to look. If they yeah. know to look. If correct. they know to look. If, yeah, if, they're, def- if, they're definitely looking at that one next. If, if a brewer is going to put any sorts of numbers on there, first it's going to be your ABV, mm-hmm. second is going to be your IBUs. Oh, I believe it's on uh, the Hollywood Gardens in Rochester. Okay. The, their draft list comes with both ABV and IBU on it. That's nice. I yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, I've seen that before myself. So, yeah, when you're using your bittering hops, that's what's going to give you that bitter flavor in the beer. All right, so first you have your bittering hops, and then next you introduce your flavoring hops. And this is what's really going to give your beer its distinct flavor. Now, to me, this is really the fun part about beer making, because depending on what types of hops that you use, you can create so many different flavor combinations. And that's that's really uh, exciting to me when I'm when I'm brewing beer, you know, when I'm tasting beer as well. So it's, it's a very cool experience. And, and the nice thing about the hops is, let's assume that every other part of the recipe is always the same. The malts, your grains, your, your yeast. You can still change that flavor of beer just by messing around with different hop combinations. So the flavoring is, is really fun. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you want an example of that, I believe it's um, right now New Belgium. They have the Voodoo Ranger out right now. Mm-hmm. And then they also have the 8-Hop Voodoo Ranger. So to me, that says it's basically the same beer. You know, at every other stage with malts and such, but they're changing up the hot profiles, and it's worth checking out to compare the two. And I know that uh, Insurrection Ale Works down in Heidelberg, they do something different where they'll they'll have a similar beer recipe, but they'll they'll change the hops that they use, mm-hmm. and they have two or three of those on tap, so you can kind of compare them back and forth, so you can kind of feel what what the changes will be between hop to hop. 
okay. Yeah, that's a cool thing to do. I've been to breweries where I've seen that before, where you actually get like a hop taster, oh. and it will be the same recipe, but you'll try three different beers, and they'll be brewed with different types of hops, and so you can compare and contrast, which I've is really exciting. I've never seen that before. Yeah. All right, so we have our bittering hops, that's first. Our flavoring hops is second. And last but not least is our aroma hops. So aroma hops are really added towards the end of the brew process. And this is what helps to give the beer its distinct smell or its hoppy smell. So we talked about the, the lemon drop hop from the Sly Fox beer that we drank first. And, you know, we smelled the lemon. So I'm guessing that that hop was probably added at the very end of the brew process to give that beer kind of its distinct lemon flavor. Because we didn't really taste it, right. but we did smell it. The, uh, the can even said, I believe, it said that uh, things were dry hopped. So if I had to guess, they dry hopped with that lemon drop hop. I'm going to ask a dumb, dumb question here. Yeah, dumb, uh, dumb. What is dry hopping? To answer your question, Adam, dry hopping is essentially the process of adding hops into the secondary fermentation of your beer. So after you've gone ahead and brewed everything, now you're introducing those hops into the secondary. And what that does is, that generally is going to add more hop aroma to your beer. Aha! Okay. Yeah. Now traditionally this is done in beer styles like a pale ale or an IPA like what we're drinking today. So it's a possibility that some of the beers that we're consuming right now on the show have been dry hopped to some degree. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what's nice about the hops, like I've, always, like I've been saying, it's, you know, the different varieties that you can use at different stages in the brewing process can really, you know, be combined to make your own flavor, you know, different style of beer. So it's very, it's a very interesting way to, to look at hops. Yeah, I, I'd say so. I think a lot of the time you'll find hops are used in conjunction with boasting other flavors too, like with more citrus and fruit beers. You can find hops with like a citrus profile to them that can really boast those lemony lime flavors or even other kind of acidic fruits in your beer. Absolutely, and that's, that's I'm glad that you brought that up because I was actually just going to talk about some of the most common hops that are found in beers that we consume. So first and foremost, and I think that we actually uh, are consuming this right now in the Gus, is the Cascade hop. It's actually the top U.S. hop. Yeah. Um, it is the most popular hop in, in the U.S. That's and out of the uh, Pacific Northwest, correct? Yeah, buddy. That is correct, and actually that is the largest region um, for hop growers in the country, is the, is the Northwest. Hmm. The Cascade hop, it really has this kind of florally, spicy type flavor to it. It might have some grapefruit characteristics. So it's used in a lot of beers. It's a great bittering hop. It's kind of, um, I like to think of this as kind of the baby bear of the hop world, if uh, I'm referencing Goldilocks and the Three Bears. So. Everything's just right. Just right. It's <laughs> nice. not too bitter. It's not too piney. It's just right. So yeah. your Cascade Hop is kind of like the baby bear in that story. It sounds like a bit of a workhorse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it really is. So you may have seen this. Uh, this style of, of hop is prominent in a couple beers uh, that I'd like to mention. And the first is the Anchor Liberty Ale. I don't know if you guys have ever had that. Anchor, they're out of San Francisco, correct? I believe they are. Somewhere yeah. out of California. I think it is San Francisco, yeah. You also have the Founders Pale Ale, which is, is a great pale ale. It's very high on the Cascade hops. And then the feature of the Great Lakes Burning River is also the Cascade hop. That's what kind of gives it its distinct flavor as well. So, you know, some interesting beers there. So the Cascade hop is the one that is, is the most prominent, the one when you find most in beers. 
Now, as Steve was mentioning before, the next hop that we're going to talk about is really the citra hop. And this is the one that's going to give your beer a little more of a citrusy flavor. They're higher in alpha acids. And it's going to kind of give you those citrusy, tropical fruit type notes you would generally find in beers that are brewed with citra hops. So uh, we already mentioned the New Belgium Voodoo Ranger IPA. Uh, that's one where New Belgium actually kind of altered their recipe a little bit. It used to be the Ranger IPA. Now it's the Voodoo Ranger. And they do a variation of that. With uh, with the citrus hops, so it's yeah. it's a pretty tasty beer. So I, I I'm gonna go back to something you had mentioned just a little bit ago, and I'm gonna ask another dumb dumb question. Sure, okay, uh, dumb dumb. You had talked about this hop having a high alpha acid. What is an alpha acid? That's a great question, Adam. So the alpha acid, I mean, this is really a, a chemical compound that's very important to the production of beer. And what it's, it's found in the resin glands of certain flowers of the hop plant, and it's a source of the hop bitterness. So generally, the higher the alpha acid, the, the more bitter a beer would become. So if you're looking at a hop scale and you see that it's higher in the alpha acids, it's probably gonna be a hop that might contribute more to the bitterness of the beer itself. And to go along with that, if you're a home brewer and you've gone to buy hops, you can see on, generally on the package, it'll tell you that there's an alpha number and there's a beta number. And the alpha number is, again, what gives your beer that bitterness. And I believe the alpha is usually uh, depicted as a percentage. Well, they're both depicted as, both the alpha and beta are percentages. I never, and I if, never get to the beta, I'll be honest. Yeah. And like a high alpha number is something usually above 10. Correct. I think Warrior... Hops comes in about 13, 15%. I don't touch the stuff. Yeah, that's it. Well, you're drinking it now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one time. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a that's a pretty big alpha number. But if you you have a high alpha number and you put that in early, you know, again early in the boil, again like we were talking about with that being the bittering stage of beer, you're gonna get a super bitter beer. That's really gonna bring your IBUs up. Well, there you go. All right, yeah. thank you for that information. Hey, you got it. <laughs> Now the last hop, and this this one that I'm going to talk about next is definitely Adam's favorite, and this is another um, you know prevalent hop that you see in the in the beer brewing process, especially in America, and that's the Chinook hop. Nope, sorry, you're wrong. <laughs> oh, I'm not wrong. No, that's not my favorite hop at all. It absolutely is because listen to this. It's you know it's higher in acidity. It's kind of got a little spice to it, but the key to the Chinook hop is that it makes a beer taste very piney. So, and I know that's what you love, because when you drink beer, you generally want to talk, or you generally want to think that you're chewing on a hop pellet all of the time. Wrong again. So, <laughs> or, you know, maybe not a hop pellet, maybe a pine cone. You know, you can find the Chinook hop in, in Full Pint actually has a beer. It's funny that we're drinking one right now uh, called the Gus, but they also have another beer called the Chinooky IPA, and that's brewed primarily with Chinook hops. So it might taste a little bit more like a pine cone than the Gus that we're drinking now. You can also find the Chinook and the Deschutes Pine Drops. I don't know if you guys have ever tried I've that, had that one. one too. Yeah, had that, that beer one. is excellent. One time. And also the Stone IPA, the Chinook Hop, is, is primarily in that yeah. one as well. And so. that one's kind of a cornerstone in the IPA. Yeah, scene. yeah. Well, Stone is, they're big on their IPAs. Right. Mm -hmm. And boy, oh boy, do they produce some good ones. Yeah, I, absolutely. So there's, there's dozens of varieties of hops out there, and people are creating new ones every day. There's a bunch coming over right now from Australia that, uh, that, are, that are becoming more and more popular, and you're starting to see pop up in, in beers here in America. But we're not going to get into all the hops right now. We just wanted to talk about some of the more prominent ones like the Cascade, the Citra, and the, and the Chinook. Well, you want to know what my favorite hop is? Sure. What is your favorite hop, Adam? Fuggle. Fuggle. <laughs> How do I know that? Because we it, brewed together. Well, yeah. Much I mean, every recipe that I have has fuggle in it. Yeah. 
I'm partial to using the Willamette, and again, that's probably because I brew a lot of stouts and such. Yeah. So, yeah. I like, okay, back to what we are talking about, alphas and betas. The alpha on a Fuggle or a, a Willamette is down around 3 or 4%. Yeah, I think a Fuggle is, is around the 4 range. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll use a East Kent Golding as well. That yeah, that a, one's... A, a, a British... Yeah, that one's pretty common for, like, uh, porters and... English strong style. Your, your old style beers. Yeah. Yeah. Any kind of brown. Yeah. We'll usually have a UK golding in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing that's interesting what Sam was bringing up about, uh, it's not just Australia, but we're also getting a lot of new hops from, I believe, the Czech Republic and New Zealand. Well, New Zealand makes a lot of sense because that place is absolutely lush. So that would be a perfect place to be dr- growing hops. Yeah. Let's get back to the second most famous Gus in Pennsylvania, and that's the Gus IPA from Full Pint Brewing. Now that we've had a chance to kind of drink a little bit more of this beer, take a look at Gus as he plays his guitar and smokes a cigarette on the front of the bottle there. Smoking ciggies. What are are you guys' thoughts on this? Final thoughts on the Gus beer. You guys like it? Not like it? What do you think? I'm honestly not a fan of the smell. Too hoppy? Not hoppy enough? No, it just smells like something different that I don't care for. Maybe my nose is broken at this time. Maybe. It smells great to me. I don't know. It smells I really like, like the smell. It just smells dirty to me. But the taste is pretty damn good. It is clean. Yeah, the taste the taste is very clean and it's not again, it's not overpoweringly piney. It is not. Per se. No, it is not. Yeah. So it's very good with the hot profile, but it's definitely bitter. You can definitely tell that all those high alpha hops are in there. Sam what, uh, what's your final conclusion? I have a hunch I know which way you're going to lean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, I, I like the smell. I like the taste. I like the aftertaste. Um, yeah, this is, a, this is a great beer. I've always been a fan of Full Pint. I, I thoroughly enjoy the stuff that they brew into me. This is a very drinkable IPA. Uh, I would certainly enjoy another one of these if somebody gave it to me. So I, I like it. What about you? For me, this, this again goes back to uh, my disdain for IPAs to begin with. So it's not going to get a high score no matter what, simply because of the category that it's in. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the efforts of Full Pint. They do make some good beers. Their White Lightning is a very good beer. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I could drink that one pretty much all day long. Uh, but for an IPA, it, it's it's not going to win simply because it's an IPA. But in that category, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. It, it does have a good, clean taste. It doesn't have that aftertaste that I've had with other IPAs where it just stays in your mouth. It just keeps punching your tongue around. It doesn't have that. Like, I've had that with other IPAs. Alrighty, Two IPAs down, one to go. And I have a feeling this next one that's coming up in our next segment is really going to, uh, to light you guys on fire here. So stay tuned to see what that is, and we'll be back soon. Back, Hop Nation. We are here and ready to try our third beer of our Hoppy Easter Spectacular that we're having on this show right now. And I cannot be more excited for this beer that we're about to drink. This is, I've had this beer before and it is one of my all time favorites. So I'm going to set this beer up a little bit. And it is from Ballast Point. 
Now, Ballast Point brews this phenomenal IPA. It's called the Sculpin. And over the years, they have tried to release different variations of the Sculpin. Some are going to be sweet, and some are going to be spicy. They have a, a grapefruit Sculpin. They have a pineapple Sculpin. And then they have the Habanero Sculpin. And the Habanero Sculpin is exactly what we're going to be drinking on the show today. The Habanero Sculpin is made with Habanero peppers, which, if you don't know, is a very hot pepper. So this is a very spicy beer, um, and it's something that's a little different than the first two that we had. So, you know, without further ado, I certainly want to get this poured and in everybody's glass so we can, uh, we can start reviewing this beer. So I'm very excited. Now, have you guys had this beer before? Do you do you know anything about the Sculpin series or this one in particular? I know of the Sculpin series, and I've I've heard of the Habanero Sculpin, but I have never had it before. And in, admittedly, uh, as a bit of a pepperhead, this does intrigue me quite a bit. I uh, I definitely had it. I believe you actually told me about it after the first time you had it, and then I started searching it out and found a six pack in Ohio of all places. It took a while for the, sculpt, the Habanero Sculpin to get to Pennsylvania. Uh, the first time I had it was actually an interesting experience. I was at a bar in uh, Fells Point, Maryland, which is right in the Inner Harbor in Baltimore. It's a really nice little place called, um, called Cooper's Tavern. If you're ever in the Inner Harbor, check it out. They got about 100 beers on draft. But anyhow, they had the Habanero Sculpin, and I asked the bartender about, about the beer, and I said, hey, you know, is that beer really hot? And he's like, well, let me put it to you this way. You drink one of these, and you will literally shit fire. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I said to him, pour me one up. <laughs> because I am a huge fan of spicy foods, and if a beer can really make me shit fire, then it's okay in my book. Yeah, if a beer can actually make that promise that you're going to shit fire, and just being a beer, I mean, I've had just straight-up habaneros before. So this has got to be really hot to do that. And I can confirm that it is that hot. <laughs> so you guys are building this up a little bit. Now here's a question for you. Is it more heat? Is it more hop? I'm going to say it's more heat. Good. Probably, but that's for you to decide. I mean, you're, you're definitely drinking it. So let's, uh, let's take a look at it and uh, let's, let's get a review of this guy. So, so this looks more like the color of the first beer we had, the Sly Fox. It's a little darker, a little more... It's more hazy more... than the Sly Fox, but same color, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm holding my glass up to the light, and it's real interesting with all of the, uh, of all the sediment that I'm seeing that's just kind of held in suspension in the beer. It's not floating to the top. It's not sinking to the bottom. It's just holding sway right there. And the only thing that's moving is the, uh, the little bubbles going up through the beer, but all the sediment is just hanging there. Yeah, you know which what? Which is kind of weird. Yeah, that's a really strange thing that I've never noticed about this beer before. And like you said, the, the carbonation just moves past the sediment, and it's completely unaffected. It's, it's almost like if, if you were able to set it down on a table and just sort of slowly rotate it, it would look like it was a gelatin of some sort. Yeah. Huh. That's really weird. Now, this beer comes in at about 7%, so probably standard IPA. Do you got a Scoville scale on that? No. Yeah, for this no. Beer, there should be a Scoville scale. Yeah, there should scale. be. Well, I, I saw on the bottle that it said that heat may vary. Right. All peppers in general, their they're, they're heat varies. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's a natural plant. I think it's, uh, yeah. it's going to be. I think uh, habaneros, they kind of rest in that 250,000 to 300,000 Scoville like that. unit. Yeah. That sounds about right. Because I believe 
Jalapen- jalapenos are definitely less than that. There are around oh, a thousand Scoville. Yeah, they? I think there are a thousand to ten thousand, depending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's let's just try this. Let's drink this beer. Let's give it a shot. Mm-mm-mm. I can taste it. I can yeah. definitely feel the uh, the heat. Yeah. Yeah, I tell you what, I, you can taste the heat up front, but it it lingers in the back. It of does. Your throat. I, I can feel where it's kind of coating my mouth, and it, it, it has that that heat to it. It's not particularly hot. Not yet. I mean, you just had one sip. Yeah, yeah, that, no. that is true. <laughs> and this beer, once it starts to warm up, the heat is going to come out more and more. So I would, I would just say let it sit now for you know another minute or so before you take your second sip, just to <laughs> see what uh, you know how that could differentiate yeah, I, from your first sip. I, I had that once before. I think it was with the uh, the Flying Dog Cherry Bomb Goza. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, that was something that I experienced. Uh, when it warmed up, it got hotter as it went along. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think in general, pepper beers, once they warm up a little bit, the flavors just start to pour out of them a little bit a little bit more. So we'll Beyond know. that, though, the first initial tastes you get are kind of, they're a little fruity, and... It's not heavy on the malt, and I'm not getting a whole lot of hop either. I am not getting a lot of hop either, and I, I think that really helps this beer. Yeah, and it, it maybe it's just the complete contrast of how instant the back of your throat kind of warms up. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, it has kind of that fruity and cool, but again, that's probably the heat that's affecting that. <laughs> well, it, you guys ever see that picture that had Wilt Chamberlain, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Andre the Giant? All yeah. standing next to each yeah, other. Yeah, I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. <laughs> so, so I feel in this beer, it, Arnold Schwarzenegger is definitely the hops, and the heat is Andre the Giant and Wilt Chamberlain. Okay, yeah. I, I feel that's the way it is, where the IBUs might be somewhat high, and this is an IPA. However, it's being completely overshadowed by the heat. Right, yeah. Arnold's big, but oh boy, oh boy, habaneros are bigger. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, I tell you what, it's just... That taste just lingers in the back of your throat. And if you're a fan of peppers, I mean, you're going to enjoy it. I'm, I'm not even mad about that. It has such a great flavor for me. I'm yeah, if you're, just a, yeah if you're a fan of peppers, but if you're not a fan of peppers, you want to run away from You're going to spit this beer right back out. <laughs> yeah. This is a great beer to have on hand at your house to give to those people that have never had a pepper beer before, and specifically this beer, and just don't even tell them what it is. Be like, hey, I got this new beer I want you to try, and then you just give it to them and watch their reaction as they consume this. It's mean, but it's awesome. I mean, I, maybe it's mean, maybe it's not, but... It's not that hot. It's yeah. not. It's not so hot that it's. No, you're not gonna spit it back out. Well, uh, no, no, some people that might spit it back out. Yeah, they shouldn't. It's not. Oh, like... they shouldn't. So it sounds like you're enjoying what you're having. Did we find another nope. IPA? Nope. Oh, he's definitely enjoying we'll it. We'll talk about. We... We'll talk about that at the end. I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go home. <laughs> so what do you want to talk about then? Because I can think of something I want to talk about. There is one thing that I definitely want to talk about. What's that? Well, in our area, the beautiful city of Pittsburgh, we are on the precipice of one of my favorite times of the year, the Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week. Great! Yay! That's one of my favorites, too. Me, what? too! Oh, well then, let's talk How about it. How about that? <laughs> let's, let's discuss. Isn't that convenient? Yeah, it should be on a craft beer show. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> now, I'll tell you what, I am excited for Craft Beer Week. And, and for those that are going to be around the Pittsburgh area, Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week runs from Friday, April 21st, all the way through the following Sunday, which I believe is April 30th. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit over a week, and this is just something that has blown up 
over Pittsburgh over the past couple of years. There are so many bars, restaurants, breweries that participate in Craft Beer Week that there are literally hundreds of events that are out there for consumers to try new beer, go play some trivia, do all kinds of you know food, beer tastings, meet the brewer type situations. There's so many interesting things they out there. They couldn't they yeah. couldn't fit it in the one week. They had to go to ten days. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if it originally started as a week and I then they're like, screw this, we just got too much, so we're yeah. gonna do ten days. <laughs> I understand that Sam Adams is going to have one of their uh, very, very select beers. There's going to be a tasting of that. Do you have a name on that one? Um, I actually do. It is the Utopias. I've heard of that. That's a series of beer, if I'm yes. not mistaken. Yes. Uh, they they only brew it, I believe, about once every other year. It is a very unique, very small batch. What it, is it? It is it is actually a beer that is supposed to be savored. It is a lot more of like a like a cognac. Uh, it is actually uncarbonated. Huh. So kind of like a cask ale in a bottle? Yeah. Yeah, kind of like that. And it is... You know how we've talked about heavy hitters? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Those aren't heavy hitters. This is a heavy hitter. Um, this comes in at 28% ABV. Oh, Whoa. Was, how is this even beer at this point? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say 28%. 28%. In previous iterations, they've had uh, had it up to 30%. Oh, gee. I mean, what's what's cognac? That's probably around 40 or 42, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like 35. So maybe they're really trying to approach that exactly. cognac ABV area. Are you sure they're just not cutting cognac with Boston Lager? They might be. They might be. I mean, that might be the cheaper way to this do it. This could be a total sham. Yeah. We should try that. We should have an episode where we actually just start mixing liquor and beer and see what we come up with. That sounds like a bad idea. Sounds like a bad a, idea. And an awesome idea. idea at the same time. Boilermakers all around. Oof. So anyway... Where is this? Where are they having this? Uh, this is actually at Caliente, which is one of the, I believe, the platinum sponsors of Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week. They yeah, are, they're they're yeah. they are dubbed the Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week headquarters. Yes, because they right. have three locations now around the city, and they actually do specific events at each Caliente location. Correct. So what mm-hmm. you would find at the original one in Bloomfield, you might not find at the one in Mount Lebanon. Say. Well, uh, unfortunately for you guys, it's at neither of those. Uh, Hampton. At, uh, it is in the one in Hampton. So in Allison Park, okay. If you want to get a little a more <laughs> a bit, yeah, it's on the wrong side of the city for us. However, this is definitely piquing my interest, and I'm not sure the next time I would be able to try something like this. Next time you're in Boston, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> now I wonder if Caliente has a bed because if you're drinking a 28 percent beer, I mean, you well, probably shouldn't be driving after that. <laughs> well, the nice thing with this is, well, nice thing. What I found out is that it's it, you're not actually going to be getting a full pint or anything like that. Yeah, I don't uh, see that could yeah, ever, they would ever do that. <laughs> it, it is a, a since it's such a limited quantity, they want to make sure that everybody can try to get it. Everybody that wants to, mm-hmm. uh, it's only a, a two ounce pour. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm not driving all the way up to the North Hills for a two ounce pour. <laughs> I mean, what else? They got to be doing some sort of tap takeover or any something else for to get us out there, like. Just for a two-ounce pour of, like, a rare beer, that's, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, yeah, that's the only information I yeah. can get you on that. No, right? I'm just saying that's that that's my take on it, is like, okay. True. But the, the other side of that is when is the next time you're going to be able to try something like that? And Sam Adams is one of the OGs when it comes to craft beer. True, true. So you kind of got kind of got to give him respect in that regard. True. You got. I guess you got to decide for yourself whether or not it's worth it. Is it worth it to you? To me? Yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I'd go. That's one of the nice things, too, about Craft Beer Week, though, especially a lot of these bars and restaurants. They have, we, we mentioned tap takeovers. That was said. So where a certain brewery comes into a bar, and that bar features all of the taps that they have of that brewery's beer. So you can get stuff that's generally a little more rare, some stuff that's not as easy to find. And, and like you said, Adam, with the Sam Adams, you know, you can really find some limited releases. So a lot of places are, are really you know, kind of waiting for these craft beer weeks to, to release some of their really good stuff. So what else did you have uh, in mind that you wanted to take a look at? The big one that's on my mind is in the South Hills Caliente, though. It's called the Pancake Apocalypse. I like the sound of it already. Oh, the South Hills Caliente. That's about a mile from my house. So. Yeah. This, oh, this my interest has peaked. Well, okay, I'm going to take a quick step back because we might be able to just make a weekend out of this. Oh, boy. But on the 22nd, and this is something else I want to check into, but Spoonwood, they're debuting their uh, a collaboration beer they did with Apis Meadery. Oh. oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and it's called uh, The Beard of Bees, and it's an Imperial Honey Porter. <laughs> I love that name. Yeah. That's, a great, That's an awesome name. It's a great name. The logo is great, too. It's like, <laughs> it's just a bear getting attacked by bees. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> So we could do that on the 22nd and then wake up on the 23rd for Pancake Apocalypse at Caliente. So what is the Pancake Apocalypse? So apparently at 10 o'clock they're going to start serving all-you-can-eat pancakes. All-you-can-eat? Yeah, with all kinds of fixings like butter and syrup and berries. Yeah. And along with that, they're giving out flights of breakfast stouts. Yeah, this needs to happen. Oh, this sounds like the best thing in the world. Yeah, this needs to happen. Yeah. I wonder if we can just do it You didn't even hear the breakfast stouts yet. Oh, that you know what they are. It's oh, yeah, like, I know oh. what the breakfast stouts are. Oh, yeah. So, we've got the KBS. Which is the Kentucky breakfast stout, as yeah. we learned on last week's episode. Yeah. We've got the Weyerbacher Sunday morning. Which was your thousandth beer. That was my thousandth beer. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We have uh, the Alesmith Speedway. I've which, never had that one. I've had it. It's a it's a really good coffee. Right and on. then uh, the Evil Twin Imperial Mexican Biscotti Cake. That's a lot of words. Yeah, it is. I've had that beer. It sucks. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you're getting a flight. You're getting a flight with wow. with the KBS and the Wirebacher in there. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I had like the way I just read them off is how I would rank them too. So <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Yeah. But uh, you're getting a flight of that, so there has to be maybe one stinker in there. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not an evil twin guy, but that sounds amazing. Yeah. That, that sounds like a perfect, perfect breakfast. I thought, yeah. you, I thought you absolutely loved their sour bikini. But apparently that's running from 10 to 2. Oh. You can eat a lot of pancakes in four hours. Yeah. (laughs) Challenge accepted. Come come for breakfast, stay for lunch. That's two meals right there. (laughs) That's brunch. Yeah. What about you, Sam? Anything that's really got your interest? Now, for me, one of the cool things about Craft Beer Week, and that I like because I'm a bit of a foodie too, is the food and beer pairings that a lot of the breweries do uh, during Craft Beer Week. So my wife and I are actually going to one on April 26th, and it is a food and beer pairing at Spoonwood. Okay. So Spoonwood is just, you know, whipping up uh, a four-course meal, and each course is paired with a different one of their beers. So it's kind of like one of those prefixed dinners, like you pay a certain amount, and it includes all the beer and all the food. And you just kind of go, and you, you sample some of the food, you sample some of the beer, and just 
have a really nice time. So I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think I read that Hot Farm is doing one of those as well. Hot Farm's doing one. Grist House is doing one. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they you see that from time to time. Grist House is actually doing one with cheese. They're doing a beer and cheese pairing. When? I need to know where that is. Yeah, you, you'd have to look that up, either on Grist House's website, or you can find any of these events. Uh, if you just Google Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week, they have um, a PCBW uh, website that you can go to that actually has a full calendar of events. So yeah. obviously we can't get into all of them, or this podcast would be about 10 hours long. So the other thing that I'm really interested in, and unfortunately it falls on the exact same day as the Spoonwood beer pairing, so I'm not going to be able to go, but it's absolutely awesome. It's down at Rock Bottom. And it is a beer fest slash video game tournament. Okay. Oh. So for 20 bucks, you can go down and it's all you can drink and all you can watch. And if you want to, you can enter in the tournament as well. But you can get um, samples of beer from a lot of the local breweries, such as Spoonwood, Grist House, Mindful, Yellow Bridge, East End, Apis Meadery. And you can watch people compete in a video game tournament. And they're doing two old school games. Mortal Kombat 2 and Super Mario Kart. Oh. Yeah, both, both for the Super Nintendo. So that sounds like a really high-end Beerio Kart. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I am quite the Mario Kart master, especially the original version on the Super Nintendo. We so. know. We've played you many, many times. And I'm sure many, many times you've lost. That is true as well. So, Sam, unfortunately, I have one more, and the reason I say it's unfortunate because it is on the same night as some of the other ones you had mentioned earlier. On, all on April 26th? All on April 26th. That's a popular is, day. Mm. It is at Shoebrew in Zillianople, and they are having a beer trivia night. Oh. Oh, that is my favorite kind of trivia. Well, wait, wait. Beer trivia, Are you, is it the same kind of trivia that we do, is it, yeah, or normal... is it trivia on beer? It is trivia on beer, oh, where the okay. questions are all beer-based. Oh, so yeah, it's a little different than just drinking beer. And you could do that, too. Yeah, well, yeah, drinking beer and answering pop culture. No, no, no. <laughs> no, there, there will not be a world geography. Uh, okay. Uh, it'll all be based on beer. Oh. And so that's something that I definitely want to go take a look at. That might be interesting. Well, you guys can go and represent. I'll be at Spoonwood drinking <laughs> and eating. <laughs> well, I got one more for us. And I think maybe we kind of glossed over this fact in our discussion about Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week. But one of the great things about Pittsburgh Craft Beer Week is there's a lot of collaboration beers. That there is. Ah, yes. And a lot of our local breweries get together and they release these limited time beers that you can only get basically for this week. And then maybe you find them spotty, you know, at different bars and tastings. But they're hard to get outside of Craft Beer Week. Because they brew them for Craft Beer Week and then they don't brew them again. Right, exactly. Are there any collaborations that you're looking for that you're looking forward to? Well, I I can't say exactly every collaboration that's out there. Mm. But here's an event that's good for that. Okay. On on April 24th, Pig Iron up in Cranberry. I've been there. Nice place. They're going to have all the collaboration beers on tap. Oh. Yeah. So okay. maybe you can do a flight of all of them. Exactly. Ah, very nice. Yeah. That's fun. Once again, you can check out these events. Uh, there's, like I said, probably about 100 or so more events. If you just go to pittsburghcraftbeerweek.com, you'll be able to see a calendar of everything that's going on in the Berg. And again, it runs from April 21st through April 30th. Yeah, if you have a favorite bar, more than likely they're doing some sort of tap takeover at least. If they know what they're doing, they'll be involved. Yeah. 
All right, so while we noodle over uh, the rest of this craft beer, let's get into the craft beer that we're drinking, which is once again the Ballast Point Habanero Sculpin, which is our IPA that's brewed with habanero peppers. So Steve, why don't you go first? Now that we've had a chance to let this beer warm up, we've started to take a few more sips of it and enjoy it. What do you think? It's just as good as I remember it. I cannot get enough of this beer. Now, if we go back to what the bartender told me originally when I first had this beer, that, um, you know, after after one 12-ounce bottle, you'll shit fire. Knowing that, would you have a second? Oh, yeah, of course. I don't care about hot foods. I Look, I eat Thai food when you walk in and you, they have the scale of 1 to 10. I do 10. This is baby work for me. I don't care. That's fair. It's interesting you mentioned that Thai food thing. Because I do the same thing. When they give me a scale of 1 to 10, the highest I've ever ordered at a place was a 13, and it was very hot. Yeah. So, it doesn't really compare to this beer. I don't even know if that's relevant to the story or should be in this podcast. Well, I think, it, I think it's relevant to our taste. If we can walk into, you know, Thai food is generally kind of hot. If you could make, have them make it hotter, and that's not a problem for you. You can take the habanero exactly. scalping on. I mean, okay, for frame of reference, the hottest thing I ever ate was a Naga Viper pepper. Okay? That sounds awful. Yeah, and at the time I ate it, it was the hottest pepper in the world. It's been since surpassed by the Carolina Reaper and I think a couple others. But uh, holy hell, I sweat for 30 minutes, easy. <laughs> and my nose you was just running. Plane? Yeah. Yeah, some dude, like, some dude just brought it into work and he's just like, oh, none of you pussies will eat this. I'm like, give me that. <laughs> well, um, maybe I got a little ahead. A little <laughs> over over I got a little over my head on that one. But if I can do that, I can have three or four habanero sculptins. Very, very true. And I'm, I feel the exact same way. This is a beer that I could buy a six pack. And, you know, if I'm not, I'm just hanging out at home for an evening. I could I could go through three or four of them easy without, um, you know, without batting an eye. I love the flavor. The habanero flavor is there. It's there with you. It stays with you. It lingers in the back of your throat. And it is just glorious. I, I Also, I just love the way the beer changes over time as it does warm up and mm-hmm. the way it heats up. So, Adam, how are you doing with this? <laughs> I don't want to say. <laughs> I don't, don't want to say it because I actually did like this beer. <laughs> but I think the overriding reason why I like this beer is because the hops have been completely overpowered by the heat. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, okay. I think that's why if you didn't say that this was an IPA... You wouldn't know any I, I better. Wouldn't, I wouldn't know it at all uh, because the, the heat is definitely there. It definitely overpowers any sort of hops that are supposed to be in there. And for that, I, I really like it. Hmm. I, I, could, I could drink another one of those. So on the list of IPAs, yes, this one just made it? It made the list. Okay. That's, that's wonderful to hear. That's wonderful to hear. So should we put them on the podium? Yeah, sure. Let's go. Sure. Steve, what do you got? Uh, obviously, number one is going to be this Habanero Sculpin. That is such a great beer. Uh, again, you know, it doesn't have that big hoppy flavor, but you can tell it's there. And it may not have the same kind of profile as an IPA, but like Adam said earlier, it might just be dwarfed so much by the, you know, by the spice. You can definitely have Andre the Giant in right. this bottle. Yeah. Yeah, it's just dwarfed so much by the spice, but it's still there and the rest of the flavors are great. You know, it has kind of that fruitiness to it and it just kind of pops right in your mouth and it's fantastic so that's gold silver i'm gonna put the gus that was just that's just a really good example of what an ipa should be and what an ipa is it's so clean and it doesn't uh like it doesn't linger with a bad aftertaste like it's not too earthy and it's not too piney but it's just a really good 
hot flavor. Just had a good balance. Right. And uh, put the Sly Fox on the bronze pedestal. It uh, It's all right drinking beer, but I wasn't too impressed with like the hot profile they came up with. The now that I'm, the more I think about it, that lemon nose just doesn't fit, you know. Especially once you get into the the multi side of it as yeah, well. Yeah, it just doesn't fit with the rest of the beer. So I don't know why it was doing that. And the gimmick three sixty can, stupid. Well, it's not stupid. But it's stupid. I don't know. I don't know why they why that has to be in that can. Why it's, that has to be that it's way. It's a gimmick. Yeah. We'll see what Sly Fox comes back with on Twitter when we tweet yeah. him. <laughs> we'll ask. We'll ask. So Sam, uh, where uh, where are you putting what? So I'm I'm gonna go real quick here because I agree pretty much exact with exactly uh, Steve's rankings. Uh, for me, number one is the Habanera Sculpin. Uh, great beer, love the pepper flavor it delivers on it, but it still remains true to the IPA style. You can certainly taste the hops a little bit in the background, um, but you know it's 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 not malty, it's not too bitter, and that flavor just it just comes out and just stays with you and this is one of the the few beers that i've actually went out and purchased an entire case of because i just wanted to keep drinking it so (laughs) you know it's only 53 bucks a case if anybody wants it it's pretty good stuff so this is definitely number one for me number two is the gus couldn't agree more with steve that's really what an ipa should taste like Um, It's hoppy, it's clean, it has a nice finish to it, and overall it's just a great, great drinker. Uh, Last for me is the Sly Fox. Didn't really enjoy that beer too much. and I don't want to say that it was too malty for me, but when I drink an IPA, I I want to taste more of those hops. I want more of that flavor, and I just didn't get that in the Sly Fox. The weird can aside, I (laughs) (laughs) I, I just wanted more flavor out of my beer, and that's not something that I would drink again. So it definitely gets the bronze for tonight. How about you, Adam? Wow. Both coming at you at the exact (laughs) same time. Well, uh, you guys have already explained way better than I can. So third place for me is the Sly Fox. Uh, Third place for me is the Full Pint, and third place for me (laughs) is the Habanero (laughs) Sculpin. Wow. That is, uh, well, everything. everything's even, so every beer is exactly the same for you. So, so. I, I, I will give a shout-out to the Ballast Point. Uh, I'll, I'll give it a 3A. Uh, you can't do that. You know you like I it. I know I can't. You like it. You like it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. All right, so, yeah, for my for my true true ranking, it's the same ex- as these, uh, these guys. First place was the Ballast Point, far and away, uh, simply because... Any hops that were in there were completely overpowered by the the heat, which is a good thing. Uh, second place was the Gus. Uh, as an IPA, yes, it is a good, clean IPA. But as I've stated a thousand times, and I'll say it a thousand more, I'm not an IPA guy, so I can't I can't give it a true ruling. Third place, Sly Fox. Didn't like it. Can was a gimmick. Let's move on. <laughs> Sorry, Sly Fox. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> That is that is fair, and you know it's interesting. You know, just talking about these IPAs, there's so many IPAs out there, and it's just so interesting how everybody can you know do theirs a little bit different. So go check them out, see what you think for yourself. Uh, try some IPAs, try some that have different hops in them, and see what uh, see what you find that fits your uh, that fits your taste. If you want to find us on social media, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA. That'll get you Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find us on SoundCloud that way. And you can find us on iTunes by searching for Hop Nation USA. Leave us a review just like EJ did, and we'll read it, even if it's a bad one. We don't care. And you can email us any questions, comments to hopnationusa at gmail.com. 
uh, we'll probably respond to you. A couple days, maybe. We'll see. If we like you. If we like you. What? If it's a good question. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, once again, happy Easter to you. Happy Good Friday. Get prepped for Craft Beer Week. And if you're looking for something to do this evening after the podcast, make sure you check out the new Fast and the Furious movie, as it may or may not be relevant to next week's podcast. So stay tuned for more and have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.